Hi, I'm Denise Bailey. And I'm Dr. Monica Parker. And you're listening to My Parents Are Now My Kids, a medical doctor's view and daughter's journey through memory loss and other dementias. As a doctor, I'll help you navigate through the often confusing, confounding, and frequently frustrating technical aspects of dementia. And as a daughter, I'll share with you some things I've experienced caring for and loving my parents who both struggled with these disorders. We want you to have hope and to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And we'll tell you that sometimes that light is coming straight at you and you just have to get out of the way. Let's get started. Early diagnosis of Alzheimer's. How do you do that? What you want to know? That's what okay. I want to know because, you know, a lot of people in our age group are going through it with parents and relatives. And they were like, if I would have known earlier that this was going to happen, I would have been more prepared. Well, I think that the one of the things that those of us in primary care, certainly in uh, geriatrics and internal medicine want to do is institute the annual wellness visit, which is like your baseline healthcare status at age 65, okay? Mm-hmm. As part of that annual wellness visit, we do a memory screen, we do a depression screen, things like that that establish a baseline for how you are functioning and for your overall health. So when it comes to early diagnosis, and certainly in communities of color, when we start to notice abnormalities, it's well after the disease process has begun, okay? so. Things like like you might have described with your mother, like taking out a whole bunch of money, for example, or getting lost, uh, somebody who's gotten lost while they're driving, somebody who's not keeping up with their bills, somebody whose behavior is changing such that they're not aware that they are not clean, okay? Like their hygiene is starting to suffer. Uh, their overall sense of order, you know, those things are starting to get out of kilter. When those sorts of things have become manifest, whatever the process is, has been ongoing for some time. It didn't just happen. So we think about early diagnosis is before symptoms have uh, resulted in need for assistance. That might be the better way for me to put it. I like that because that means before it gets to the point that is very noticeable? Before it gets to the point where things have been fractured beyond repair, you know? Right. Not paying your mortgage such that your house is now in foreclosure, you know? Not paying your utility bills such that you have no power, no water, no phone, okay? So early diagnosis for us is before those symptoms become problematic. Okay, let's just leave it at that, all mm-hmm. right? So early onset Alzheimer's is generally regarded as cognitive dysfunction or problems with the way you process information before the age of 65. Most people have problems with the way their brain is functioning after age 65, which is why we do the screening things, the annual wellness visit, at the level of age 65 so we can establish a baseline okay yeah so early diagnosis is let's just say 
mild cognitive impairment, not related to an underlying medical problem, okay? Medical uh, mild cognitive impairment that may likely be attributable to Alzheimer's. So those listeners who may not have listened to us discuss mild cognitive impairment, just briefly tell our listeners what you mean by mild cognitive impairment. Mild cognitive impairment is deficits in one brain function that does not disrupt your overall daily functioning your, or your ability to conduct your life. Okay. When somebody has a dementing disorder and their cognitive deficits interfere with their ability to carry on their job, to interact socially or basically live their lives independently, those are things that start to go beyond mild cognitive impairment. So when somebody has mild cognitive impairment, they're still highly functioning and independent enough not to need a whole lot of assistance, okay? okay. So in research, we want to start identifying people that may have um, cognitive dysfunction loss in one domain or maybe even two, but they're still functional. Why is this important? Because as we develop interventions like chemotherapies for Alzheimer's, for example, just to make it clear, you know, the medications that may be useful, that may reverse or stop the progression of somebody's Alzheimer's disease, we want to get it when somebody is in the stage of mild cognitive impairment. All right. Right now, the medications that are under investigation, aducanumab, okay? We've talked about that before. Yeah, it's a monoclonal antibody. So when we can identify somebody who has mild cognitive impairment due to Alzheimer's-related type features, that would be a person who would be a good candidate for aducanumab. And let me say something. You mentioned the monoclonal antibodies, and I know our listeners have heard that before related to COVID. Right. Okay. Monoclonal antibodies are ways your body fights something. Okay. Whether it's COVID-19 or the Alzheimer's cascade or any kind of autoimmune process, the treatments are to develop antibodies that kind of halt the disease process. That's why therapies to treat people who had COVID-19, they were treating them with monoclonal antibodies. These are things that are that have been research tools, but these monoclonal antibodies are to uh, shorten the course of somebody who has COVID-19, or at least keep it from progressing to the point where people die, okay? Shorten the hospitalizations, prevent death. Okay, that's what the monoclonal antibody therapies are that have been given to people who have been hospitalized with COVID. Right. So the monoclonal antibodies for Alzheimer's do what? They do the same thing. They stop the process that is causing the Alzheimer's. So monoclonal antibodies are used for cancer therapies, treatments, things like that. Okay. So there is, there are monoclonal antibodies that are being developed to treat Alzheimer's type dementia. But right now, the problem with those medications or those monoclonal antibodies is when we've been using them in research prior to the last five years, 
We've been using them in people who have had well-advanced disease, so the monoclonal antibodies are not effective. But if we get somebody early, somebody who has been diagnosed with mild cognitive impairment, we might be able to treat them with the monoclonal antibody and keep their mild cognitive impairment from progressing to full-blown dementia. That's amazing. So that monoclonal antibody would likely prevent the accumulation of the amyloid beta protein that accumulates in your brain with Alzheimer's. Yes. I'm learning. I'm You're learning. so smart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm certainly trying. I listen okay. to you. I listen okay. to you. Not to get too much off the, the path of early diagnosis, but how far along is that study? We're looking for an FDA approval sometime this, this summer to summer of 2021 to find out if the FDA will approve aducanumab as a medication that can be used for people who have uh, mild cognitive impairment due to the Alzheimer's cascade or the Alzheimer's uh, risk, okay? Okay. And so how are you finding these people? Well, yeah, we've got to determine that they've got mild cognitive impairment and what the cause is, which is why we work with the primary care doctor who then refers us to the neurologist who will likely do a lumbar puncture to look for those proteins that are associated with Alzheimer's. Okay, but you, you asked me how early diagnosis. So making the early diagnosis as we move along in research is less a subjective test, but more an objective thing. An objective finding looking at your brain through an MRI, looking at your cerebrospinal fluid to see if those protein precursors are there, indicate that you are likely having problems related to an Alzheimer's type process. And when we can find those things on MRI, when we can find those things in your cerebrospinal fluid, before the symptoms have become incapacitating, you will be a candidate for these like monoclonal antibodies and prevent your mild cognitive impairment from progressing to dementia as it relates to Alzheimer's. That's really amazing. I mean, that answers the questions to friends who say, why can't we you know, find this out earlier? What are the steps? And What's out there? So the steps right now are really research-based. We don't have any real valid diagnostic test. So it's, an, it's a process. It's not one particular thing. It's a process. A couple of things have to be in place in order to make that early diagnosis. So if you have a family history of Alzheimer's, Chances are, like if you can say, my mother had it, my grandmother had it, my aunt, my mother's brothers and sisters have it, you come from a family that's at higher risk for having Alzheimer's. So as we refine through research diagnostic techniques that likely predict your risk for having Alzheimer's, and as we develop other biomarkers like your brain image, your genetics, okay, your blood biomarkers as we develop more refined diagnostic tools that can point to reasons why somebody might be at risk you know it's it's important to note what your family history is because you're more likely to be at risk you would be a candidate for um a monoclonal antibody 
you would be somebody who'd be looked at long term as somebody who likely might develop symptoms that are related to Alzheimer's because look at the family history. Right. Okay. Those are keys or clues to early diagnosis. So when people are getting lost, when people are not managing their finances, when they're not managing their personal hygiene and their personal organization, that's late, okay? Because the symptoms that you're seeing are disrupting their usual um, conduct of daily living, you know, activities of daily living. They can no longer do those things on their own. So that's when the disease is set in motion. That's when the disease has progressed and it's likely gonna get worse before it gets better. So in research, we're trying to identify those people at risk, whether through genetics and using their genetics to monitor their behaviors, uh, looking at their brain image, you know, earlier on doing those annual or yearly screenings to look for any change in their overall functional status and try to figure out what might be causing that. So early diagnosis is predicting risk on somebody who might have a likely family history that predisposes them to this and making sure that if there is a treatment available that they can get it early before they develop those symptoms that make it such that they're not independent anymore. Perfect. That's early. You diagnose the disease when you can find a treatment that's likely to cure it or keep it from progressing. That's uh, perfect. That is That gives you hope, really. You keep in touch with your physician and you observe yourself or your loved one. And I don't want to say catch it, but if you catch it before it gets to the point of no return, really, you have to be observant and, and know. And it's comforting to know that there are research um, things out there. Aducanumab. Monoclonal antibodies. Yes. It's, it's uh, comforting to know that the monoclonal antibodies may be out there waiting for approval and could really s sort of change this and turn this around in the future. Yes. I like that. Hopeful. I like to end on a hopeful note. We'll end on a hopeful note. Thank you, Dr. Monica. Thank you, Dr. Denise. Please follow us on Twitter, MPMK at MPMK Podcast. And on Facebook, My Parents Are Now My Kids. And on Instagram, My Parents Are Now My Kids. See you next time.